0: May you forgive, accept, and love yourself fully and courageously. May you recognize and remember yourself no matter what is happening around you. May you give yourself permission to always come home and find the welcome mat in place. May you connect with kindred spirits for mutual care along the way. May the sacredness of your being Always take priority over the busyness of your doing. May you know deep down in your bones that you are lovable and worthy of respect. May your soul perpetually tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm. Let it be so, and so it is, amen.
1: Hey there, it's Michelle Lamoureux, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast. With almost 200 interviews done, I have to say today's interview is one that I'm so deeply excited about. And I think it's a conversation that is at the heart of what the show is about, and it's a conversation that we all need to be having. And we are going to be talking about reclaiming your authentic self. I feel like this is really the heart of what life is and coming home to yourself. And we are so blessed today to have Dr. Tama Bryant, who is the author of Homecoming, Overcome Fear and Trauma to Reclaim Your Whole Authentic Self. And this book is like sunshine, which is what how I would describe today's guest. And you guys are going to get an experience of that in a minute. I'm I'm going to briefly introduce her. Uh, Dr. Tama Bryant is a clinical psychologist and president-elect of the American Psychological Association. She's also a professor of psychology at Pepperdine University and an ordained minister in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Dr. Tama earned her doctorate from Duke University and completed her postdoctoral training at Harvard Medical School. With more than 20 years of experience in trauma recovery, she has appeared as a mental health expert on TV, radio, print media, and her focus of her work is raising awareness about mental health issues on her beautiful podcast called The Homecoming Podcast and on her social media platforms. Welcome.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here with you and just so glad and Grateful that you've created this space. And thank you for that framing of the book as sunshine. I love that.
1: Do you love it? But that's how I receive, I have to say, that is how I receive all of your work. So I was telling you before I hit record that I kind of stumbled upon your Instagram page and I was like, wow, everything she writes just speaks to my heart. And the next thing I know, I'm listening to your podcast. And in a quiet moment in my home, I'm receiving. It was the one you were doing on authenticity, which is what mm. we're talking about today. And I, I wept from a deep place in my heart mm. because the words you're speaking. I think when we cry, it's our soul remembering mm. truth. And yes. so you were speaking truth to my soul, ah. and my soul was allowed to to receive it. Like my mind couldn't block it. My, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that block the truth. Yeah, and it was deeply healing. And then I saw you had this book, and I thought. I'm just going to pray she comes on. <laughs> here you are. So I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Yes, I'm so honored you are here. So mm. honored.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here and so blessed to be able to share the material where people can reach it, right? Whether it's social media or podcasts or in the book yes. uh, so that we can live and learn and then share as we
1: go. Yes, that's the the heart. I've read that in your book that giving back is a it's it's a part of who you are. It's what your parents taught you about how to show up in the world, and uh, I think that's so important. But yeah, sunshine, it's like you just want to open your arms and just receive Mm -hmm. what you you've put out in this book. And I just have to just just full on say everyone everyone needs this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, overcoming fear and trauma to reclaim your authentic self. But I love the word homecoming. What is homecoming? Can you tell us in your words? Tell us, because that's your podcast name. This is the book. Mm -hmm. What is homecoming?
0: Yes. To come home to yourself is to fully accept and embrace the truth of who you are without shame and without fear and without the distortions of the traumas of your past.
1: Yes. It's hard to shed some of that, though, isn't it? It is. It is the battle
0: Because these experiences, they shape us and they can make us believe false things about ourselves. And then we're living based on those untruths. And so to shed, to shake off, to heal, to, as you said, remember the truth when it shows up, to recognize myself, not just the self that people have acted upon. That's where liberation is. It's very freeing. And I desire that for everyone. We all deserve to have that, to be able to see ourselves without the di- the delusion, uh, without the camouflage, without the overshadowing of those experiences that dishonored us. Mm-hmm. So my diluted self is my wounded self, but it's not the totality of who I am. Yes,
1: yes. And I'm curious, are you at are you there? Because I feel like when you speak, when you write, there's such a strength, there's such a power, but there's all from love. Yeah. And I feel like love is the homecoming. Love is where it's right. at. So if you're yeah. coming from that place, you are fully embodied. But right. are you still in the dance with it? Or yeah. are you or are you there? Yeah. So I
0: feel very free. Like yeah. I'm in a, a season of my life where You know, I think often in our earlier seasons, people can get there at at whatever stage, but I think in our earlier seasons, there can be such a need for acceptance and approval and validation. And people often jokingly uh, refer to like the older woman who will say whatever comes in her mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I just believe, you know, and, and God bless our senior years, but I hope we don't have to wait till then to get free. Yes, And so... Yes, I, I, I do. I feel grounded in love. I feel free. And is that perfection? No, as you, you know, throughout the day or throughout the week, different things will happen. But it's when things show up that you detect it quicker. Yeah. And then you're able to hold on to your voice and your truth and yes. then live from there. So it's not that you will never be derailed or that I'm never uh, confused in a moment, but it, takes less time to ground myself and to get clear.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think that's why it's so easy to receive what you're putting out. And when you speak, because Mm -hmm. you're not, you know, we'll be talking about some of the ways we get disconnected and how it shows up, like people pleasing, which I've been guilty of for so long. And it's funny because I turned 51 and, um, I find that, and maybe that's how, you know, I talk to you about, sometimes they say, when you're ready, the teacher appears and here's, here's your beautiful presence and your beautiful book. And it's funny how we just put these layers on. And then there's that voice. that's just like, I just want to be myself. Yeah. I just need to remember, you know, and the, and you start paying attention. I have stepped back in all of my relationships in like the last six months. And I'm like, wait, I know what I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. What am I receiving? Is this a true? Is this a true connection? And just like, like every piece of my life right now is being sort of lovingly Mm -hmm. analyzed with just like just the curiosity, just curiosity. Is that part of this? I mean, that
0: is definitely a part of it, which is why you know in the book at the end of each chapter I give a homework
1: because it
0: is about the application. You know, we can think ourselves in circles and never shift. So it's what you're saying is like, okay, this is an interesting thought. Now, how does that show up in my relationships? Yes. Right. Let me, because a part of homecoming is telling myself the truth and yes. then living out of that truth. So, what is true about this thing I'm calling a friendship? Right. What is the truth about this thing I'm calling a relationship? Right. Yes. And then shifting and realigning so that the truth of it uh, does not go against what I have said is my value and my priority. Yes. And I appreciate you pointing out that what is shared in the book, in the podcast really feels like it comes from a place of love
1: yes. because
0: it does. I think sometimes people can be so harsh and believe that uh, tough love is the way to go and they can yeah. use that as a cover to be cruel. And as I'm writing, I am writing as someone who knows what it is intimately to forget myself, Mm -hmm. right? Or to dishonor and disrespect myself. So when I point that out and the ways it can show up in each of us, it's not with like finger waving of like, shame on you. How could you have done this terrible thing? It's to like really in tenderness say, I get it. I get the different ways that could
1: have landed you there and you don't have to stay there. Yes, right. This is an invitation. This is yes. an invitation. Come home yeah, to yourself. Right, right. You, yeah. You write in the book, you, you talk about how stress and ca- trauma can lead to self abandonment. And I think that's an important word self abandonment, because that truly is what's happening, right? It's right. we putting the focus on everyone else and how do yeah. we conform and bend and twist ourselves to be right. acceptable and not feel shame or you know self-loathing or whatever somebody might be feeling right. and you write to begin the journey can you admit to yourself that you miss you mm-hmm. that was like yes yeah yes yeah. and then you say not only do i miss myself but i want to get back to me i want to rediscover my wings mm-hmm. love that too i want to hear my unfiltered roar my true voice <sighs> i want to awaken to my dormant gifts. And that's kind of at the heart of the show. It's like, I talk mm-hmm. about these inner whispers we have. Yeah. How do you add more of you back to your life?
0: Mm-hmm. If you're
1: constantly managing what everyone else wants right. and needs, Yeah,
0: what are you giving to you, right? That's right. That's right. The self-abandonment, self-erasure, self-neglect is the other side of the coin of people-pleasing. Yes, And so if I'm constantly trying to figure out what you need and what you want, then I'm not paying any attention to what I need and what I want. I'm so busy anticipating ways I can please you while I am unfulfilled. So it's putting myself back in my own frame instead of um, in the margins. Yes.
1: I, I, and I, and I'm not going to speak for all moms, but I think moms get into Uh this pattern really easily too. You know, they may have done more for themselves. Like I know I was sort of guilty and then you stop taking those classes, you stop Uh engaging in different ways and everything becomes about the kids and.
0: Yes. And you lose yourself. Yes. This, uh, this past week's episode was for parents who still have dreams. You know, because often it does get presented, especially for mothers, that, you know, motherhood should be your sole dream and that somehow you're a bad mother if you have any goals or (laughs) visions that are beyond motherhood. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it is such a setup for us to disconnect from ourselves and for us to not only judge ourselves, but judge each other. You know, like, how dare she be doing those things? What about the children? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's watching the kids? Yes, yes. So uh, we want to create space for the fullness of who we are, that you can be very much uh, loving your friendships, relationships, family, uh, and also have dreams and have a self, right? That being a mother is a part of yourself but that
1: is not the full story of yourself. That's right. That's right. And that's really, that is actually what prompted me to start this podcast. <sighs> that's actually what, you know, is sort of to invite other women like myself. I think yes. we teach and we write and mm-hmm. about kind of where we're at and where we're trying to expand into. And it's it's an ever going journey. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be, you know, open to just sharing some of your stories, like how you decided like what how did you get to the point because I know you're obviously a clinical psychologist, so mm-hmm. you're studying all this stuff, but at right. what point were you like I, I this is where it's at, like I really need to come back to myself because we even in mm-hmm. your profession, you could totally just be giving all the time and not right. addressing your own stuff, right? isn't yes. that true?
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, and I think yeah. a part of what helps this message to resonate for me is along with having a private practice, you know I'm a professor in uh, graduate school at Pepperdine yes. University, and so I am, you know, being able to help shape in this in this formative season future mental health professionals, and so to talk to them about what it means to live it, not just to do it in a performance way for other people. Yes. So I tell the story in the book about, you know, when I first started off and I was handling my own calendar. I kept scheduling clients in my lunch break because (laughs) it was this idea. I would put up this, you know, false dichotomy of what's more important, help them or have a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Or nourish your body. it's such a ridiculous way to frame it. But of course, then I would just schedule someone and like see people all day long. And then, you know, had this moment of truth when I'm talking with a client about how she should care for herself. And my stomach starts growling. Yes. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> and I had to have a meeting with myself to say, do I just want to say these things or do I want to live it? Right. Yes. And so that's what I tell our graduate students. You will be praised and applauded for forgetting about yourself and doing what everybody else wants you to do to be of service to others. But if you are empty. It's not worth it Mm. that you're deserving of the care you so much want to give to other people. Mm. And so, you know, part of then that messaging of homecoming, you know, it echoes in my teaching. It echoes in my mentorship. It echoes for when I'm working with clients who are parents or caretakers um, or because of trauma history have um, are disconnected. You know, it's like sometimes people don't even know what they feel you know, because we have been made to doubt ourselves. So when it's like, how do you feel about that? I don't know. Or, you know, with teenagers, it's often, I don't care. Meanwhile, you do care. (laughs) Yes, yes. So uh, to help us to reclaim ourselves, our feelings, our voice, our needs, our dreams, and to know that that's important.
1: Yeah. Do you think that's why we're here? You know, yeah. Khalil Gibran, the author of The Prophet, he's one of my yeah. favorite poets. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, you can't have joy without pain. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't know what joy was if we didn't have pain. But do you think, you know, you experienced some traumas in your life? I think mm-hmm. most of us experience some level of trauma. Some is going to be way more extreme than others, right? I mean, with mm-hmm. war, places of war, you know, we see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that's part of the path? Mhm.
0: Well, it is the reality of life because people get to make choices.
1: Yeah. And
0: some well, I mean, this is what I'm talking about interpersonal trauma. Yeah. So, some people choose um to honor, to respect, to love. Some people uh choose uh their own broken egos over the wellness and wholeness of others. Mm. So then that creates Harm in the world, and then there are also traumas that aren't about uh, necessarily people you say like natural disasters, yeah like medical condition, you know all of these experiences, and I think it's important to name it as a part of the life journey because there are some uh, teachings that promote the idea that if you're like a spiritual person or have the right thoughts, like nothing bad will happen to you. (laughs) Like this idea that we create our whole reality. So if anything bad happened, you made it happen. So that, you know, is that toxic spirituality and it, it promotes an illusion of control. Mm. right? So if I, and of course it's attractive, people would love that idea, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, you know, (laughs) if anything, you know, I can make only good things happen to me. Well, the reality is in social psychology, there's that concept of belief in a just world. And so if I believe in a just world, good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. Mm. So if something bad happened to you, it must be your fault. Mm. So we have to free ourselves from that falsehood and know, you know, these storms come. And to know then uh the storm does not define me. It affects me, but is not
1: it does not capture me. Oh, I l- I love that so much. I actually wanted to ask you, then it's since you touched upon this, you know, there's this idea that the love you put out in the world is what comes back to you. Mm-hmm. But I don't right. think that's true. Yeah, you can be a is very
0: loving a- person. And, and people treat you in harmful ways. You know, we can take it as a simple example is child abuse. Yes. You know, kids show up, you know, these kids aren't like vicious, malicious people. Right. They're a very loving child and adults can act out their brokenness on them. So, and also in the relationship space, when people are in abusive relationships, if you just say, well, you must have caused this person to abuse you. Like very victim blaming, yes. and it's just uh, false. Yeah,
1: I think that's important. because
0: what what one of the points I I often make in in sessions with people is for some people there's n- there is not a problem with how you were navigating or operating in a relationship. The problem is it, it was with the wrong person,
1: mm.
0: right? Yes. So, in other words, if I'm with someone. And I am perpetually looking for ways to benefit them, and they are perpetually looking for ways to benefit themselves
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you have in common then <laughs> right. so, yeah, you you are our common priority if there's no, no water flowing in
0: this direction
1: right yeah, okay, well, that's helpful, but you know they say sometimes you know look at the state of your reality, and that's it's like, you know, this idea that that's what you're putting up, but that's not yeah. the case.
0: Right. Because I think that also goes with, you know, people call it the prosperity gospel, which would be like, if you love God and do the right things, like that you will financially prosper, yes. which promotes the idea then that rich, rich people are righteous. And poor mm-hmm. people are unrighteous. It is yeah. just not, not true. true.
1: No, it's not true. Well, I think that's helpful to just have that like understanding. But at the same time, there are things. You know, this is an invitation to do the work yes. because coming home to yourself is not an easy process. Because mm-hmm. it may mean losing relationships. It may yeah. mean letting go a part of yourself that you identified with that kept you safe. Mm-hmm. right? So there's so much letting go that needs to happen. So it requires courage and awareness Mm -hmm. and curiosity. Can you speak to more of like, you know, like how do we get on this? Like, what is disconnecting us generally speaking? I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously it's going to be different, but there's obviously must be some patterns and ways to get reconnected. How do we, you know, people like tangible things like that they Mm -hmm. can play with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So stress and trauma, Yes. disconnect us from ourselves. Yes. It, they put us in survival mode, right? So if I'm having to work a million hours, and so then it's just like work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, you know, then it can be very easy to lose sight of me because nice. I'm just trying to do what I need to do to cover these bills. So when people say, how are you finding you, right? It's very <laughs> like surface. There's yes. not even like, you know, some people say, I don't even have the space to be depressed, right? That they're afraid so much... to check in because then yeah. they have to like, maybe yes. they fall to pieces or something. Right, right. right. Yeah. So when you have a lot of demands and pressures on you, you can disconnect with who you are. And yes. also when you have had these traumatic experiences, you know, so uh, molestation, uh, living in communities where there's a lot of violence, yes. uh, the realities of oppression, all of these things can tell us lies about ourselves as we're trying to make meaning, right? So when people have been mistreated by more than one person or by their primary caregivers, then you can understand how they would conclude it must be something about me, right? That other people have a loving mother or a loving father and I didn't, so like maybe I'm not as good as those Mm -hmm. other people, right? Because somehow I wasn't deserving of that. So then you can walk around with this, the fear of abandonment and yes. sense of insecurity and not wanting people to really know you because emotional intimacy is scary if I'm afraid that if I let you see me, you're not going to like what you see, mm. right? So then I have to hold you at a distance or I have to keep dating people who are emotionally unavailable. You know, I, I, <laughs> I did that. Right, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I had
0: that season. I had that season. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, as you said, it, it it keeps you safe, and as you named, it is challenging because for many of us, we've done it a long time. Yeah. So then you associate that with the truth of who you are. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes I say in the book, for some people, it's homecoming for the first time mm-hmm. that you were never safe enough to be at home within yourself. Yeah. And so even though it's home, it's like I never I've never been there or not been there as an adult, right? um and so to recognize just because something is familiar doesn't mean that it's you right yes. it's familiar because that's how you have had to like do that dance your whole life but now wanting to take sacred pause and breath and as you said reassess and evaluate this is how I survived but I want to do more than survive and perhaps this no longer serves me and maybe it never did yes you know so These uh, concrete strategies, you know, I start, I I talk about emotional intelligence and so beginning to tell myself the truth about what I feel, right? And to start communicating our feelings instead of like, it doesn't matter to me or no, I'm good, right? I'm fine. (laughs) I'm perfect. I'm fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Everything. Yeah. So it's like public relations. So to cultivate, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, great. how are you fabulous? Really magnificent. So. Right, right. right, Everything's amazing. <laughs> and, and a part of what's freeing is knowing you can feel more than one thing at the same time. Mm. Right. So you may genuinely feel that you're blessed and also be worried about some things.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Because sometimes people think, you know, if I say that, that means I'm not grateful. Yes. I can have a lot of gratitude for what I what's going right and still have concerns about the areas that are not going well, right? Yes. And so um, to start coming home to yourself, give yourself permission to check in of what is true of what you feel and to notice what emotions you haven't had permission to feel, mm. right? Some of us grew up in households or cultures or by gender where certain emotions weren't okay. And so then, for example, with men, sometimes the anger can be a cover for embarrassment. Mm. The anger can be a cover for fear. The anger can be a a cover for grief. So it's like, you know, I see you doing all of what you're doing, but what's really underneath there? Right. And, you know, for women, we're often uh, told, you know, to never have a complaint and never, you know, get angry. And so even in the face of disrespect, this idea that you just, you know, have to be pleasant yeah, and pleasing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's when you, you read that quote about finding your roar. You know, you have a voice and there have been experiences that have told you not to use it, but to reclaim your voice. So to practice speaking up for yourself. Some people it will help to like role play first you know, if they're going to have to go in for a meeting with a supervisor or to talk to a loved one to kind of practice through and thinking honestly about the different ways people might respond. Because sometimes we do role plays and we imagine people saying what we want them to say. Yeah. And then they don't. (laughs) Right. That's right. So preparing for what if they don't believe you? What if they don't agree? Can you still feel free and appreciate yourself that you said what you needed to say or what you wanted to say. Um, So that's a part of our homecoming.
1: I love that. And I, and I remember that part of the book too, because I thought that was important. And also when somebody says somebody, something that you don't like to take a moment, that you don't actually have to just react and just make it better, but you can actually sit with it and take a moment to just take it in and just then really come back and speak your truth because right. this is what's, you know, this is where it's at is reclaiming your voice. And I think it's, I find, I mean, you're so present with your voice that I find, you know, like I said, I'm still working through this. Mm-hmm. It's funny, mm-hmm. the book that I'm writing, I'm writing a fiction book, the songs that I write, it's all about this. Mm-hmm. And I think, cause it's, you know, it wants to come back. Do you find in your life being so comfortable with using your voice? Mm-hmm that life flows in a different way than it did before?
0: Yes, it does. There is less regret, Mm -hmm. I think, a lot of times. uh, So I'm one of those people who, you know, even though I have voice, I'm also a thinker, so it can be a delayed reaction, right? And so at first, I would compare myself to other people. So my brother and one of my very good friends, they are like quick with the comeback, right? They could both (laughs) be lawyers if they wanted to, Right. Where, of course, as the therapist sitting and thinking, you know, it can be hours later where I'm like, now what I should have said. <laughs> uh, but the gift has been learning to circle back. Right. Because you may, you know, some people just want to process or just doesn't come to them immediately. Yeah. If it's a stranger on the street, then, OK, that was a lost moment. I won't get that back. Yeah. But usually these moments are happening with people we're doing life with, whether yes. in work or personal or friendship. So to be able to say, you know, I want to go back to a comment you made the last time we were talking and then, you know, proceed from there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And one of the things I say in the book is if you show up more authentically and then people don't like you, at least now you all are operating in truth. Because if you like me, but it's just based on me agreeing with everything you say, we're not actually friends. You just like yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, right? Because you're getting your needs met, but right. it's not. It's not a two way. It's like you that's said, the, right. the water's not flowing back. Yeah. to the other direction. It's only yes. going one yes. direction, and, that, and that's okay. not healthy for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote and I, and I was thinking a lot about this because you know when I talk about the inner whispers, you talk about your work being your vocation. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you believe we all have a vocation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we get aligned with that dream that God has for us? Like how how do we do that?
0: Yeah. So um, I love this uh, quote, which I think I I include in the book by um, Howard Thurman, who was a black theologian. And he says, do the thing that makes you come alive because far too few of us are actually alive. And so that's, how you know, the same way people will talk about like, do you just like this person or do you feel more alive with them? Mm. Like, you know, when you're discerning relationship yes. and I would say around vocation as well, if you're a smart person or a hardworking person, there are many things you could do, yes. right? But what are the things you feel drawn to? What are the things that when you're doing them, it's fulfilling, you know? So an example I often give people is, you know, when I teach at In our graduate program, the classes are three hours long. Now, someone who, like, doesn't want to teach, that will sound like torture. Yes. (laughs) And for me, it's like we've been going for three hours, and there's 10 minutes left, and I have a million thoughts. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. We're out of time. (laughs) How did this happen? (laughs) So, you know, I'm in the space that is for me. Or, like, uh, when I'm providing therapy, my area of expertise is trauma recovery and some people hear that and they're like, oh, like, how could you do that? I wouldn't want to hear people's problems all day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's not how it feels to me. Yes. Like, I feel I feel honored, you know, and I feel amazed in awe of people because um, given the lives we have lived, you know, people are remarkable. Yes. So but I get it's not for everyone, just like there are, you know, a, a good friend of mine um, works on computers all day I mean now because of COVID many of us do but I mean literally doesn't have a lot of interpersonal interaction and they like that like I would you know I would want to talk to people so it it, and I think a part of what can be freeing for you um, for each of us is releasing other people's hierarchies Mm -hmm. because people will come in with their dreams, right? Sometimes parents try to put their dreams on their kids or other people will promote these ideas of what you should do. So I was working with a young lady and her family kept trying to encourage her to get what they would call a good government job. Mm -hmm. You know, like a good government job, you can have benefits. Get your pension. Stability, right. And, you know, and she's an artist, Mm -hmm. right? So for, yeah, that's a different life. And so you have to say, like, am I going to go work in a cubicle, you know, for the next, you know, the decades of my life? Or am I going to try to try this dream? And, you know, when she is acting, she comes alive. Then just got to figure out how we're going to pay
1: the rent. <laughs> That's you know? the thing. It's aligning the vocation yeah. with making a, making a living, yeah. right? Isn't yes. that part of the, is that, is that part of the journey? Is that part of it? Is like it is. having enough faith and trust? Right. Do you find that God, you know, they say like God will meet you halfway if you show up?
0: Yeah, it, it's, it is one of those things. And I'll say both and, cause I do want to be very understanding and clear that not everybody has support. Yes. Right? So there are some people they could just pursue any dream and their parents are bankrolling it and, yes. you know, blessings to them. <laughs> and, you know, there are other people who are having to like work two waitressing jobs to try to pursue their dream on the off hours. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not an even playing field, but trying to figure out how do I protect time to pursue my dream, even if I'm not able to do it at this point full time. And then what you, you know, the statement you just made about when you step out um, kind of in faith, does that create more opportunities? Yeah. And I would say, yes, like you can't get the job you don't apply for.
1: Right.
0: Right. And even, you know, around love, some people just go to work and come home and are like, where's my person? I'm like unless it's the delivery man where are you going <laughs> to Who else is <laughs> going to knock gonna at your door? door. Right. Yes,
1: he's not going to be like, "I'm here, right, God sent me." Right. Yeah, I got yeah. the memo, yeah. Right,
0: right. So yeah. putting yourself in position for for things to
1: happen. Yeah. Do you find do you believe in synchronicities? Yes. Yeah, because I've lived that. So do you find when you're more true to yourself, your authentic self, following what lights you up and without fear, you know, having more of that faith that things start to just show up?
0: Yes, it lines up. Well, here's the other thing. When I am pretending or when I am erasing Mm. myself, Mm. I'm putting up false flags. Mm. So then, you know, uh, but when I show up in my truth, then it, it's a flag. So then people know like, oh, that's what you stand for. So yes. let me come in alignment with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you this by way of example. Uh, over 10 years ago, I was president for the Society of the Psychology of Women. And so, you know, it's a feminist psychological association. And uh, as, as president, I had several initiatives. And one of them was looking at the roles of spirituality and religion in women's lives. Yes. Now, publicly, the organization and a lot of people only spoke negatively about faith because they would say sexism, patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. And yet I know that women are more likely to uh, endorse spirituality, faith, and religiosity. So if we're going to say we're committed to the psychology of women yes. and we can't even tune into that, like we're missing it. Yes. So when I announced this initiative, then suddenly during the break, I had all these women coming up to me whispering, I'm Episcopalian. I'm, like, I'm Catholic, <laughs> right? So it's like, why is it a secret? <laughs> Funny. So, you know, when you, when you give space or, you know, uh, I'm also an artist. And so then I discover all these people who are into both health and artistry, which I love when you mentioned writing songs. I didn't even know that, right? So when you show up as who you are, then you, you're identifying yourself and kindred spirits, like-minded people and opportunities will say, oh, that's a person we can go to for that. Mm.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. You use so many good words there in terms of erasing yourself, right? I mean, wow. But but that's reality. I mean, I think, and this is the invitation I hope everyone listening today just kind of just, I don't know, just softens and like pays attention to the conversations they're having, what's showing up. How they're truly feeling versus you know you talked about social media and compulsive shopping and overeating, like there's so many ways to to numb mm-hmm. and to, to just like get distracted from truth right, but this is an invitation to come back to your truth yeah, yeah. so
0: it's important for us to really do an inventory self assessment of what are the ways i've been numbing myself,
1: yeah, and often
0: we. Uh, demonize, pathologize other people's ways of numbing and don't pay attention to our own. Yeah,
1: it's easier to say,
0: oh, she's whatever. Yeah, look at them. You know, they're on drugs. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But as you name, you know, shopping can be a way, stalking your ex or stalking (laughs) celebrities can be a way, Uh, gossiping can be a way, Um, zoning out in front of like hours of television can be a way um, that we numb ourselves and, uh, emotional eating can be a way mm-hmm. where are like at midnight, you're not actually hungry. You're hungry for something, but it's not just food. Yeah. Right. And so it's a more painful thing of like, t- to pay attention to the emptiness. Yes. Right. What is it that is really empty and how right. do I feed that? Yes.
1: Cause you talked about, you have to sit in the silence. You have to, this is the inner work. Right. And you're not going to find that. And right, yeah. the, the pine ice cream might give the right. spike of the sugar, whatever that does yeah. to the brain, yeah. that hit, um, mm-hmm. but it's not going to heal what needs right. to be healed. Yeah,
0: yeah. And can yeah. then set us up on this vicious cycle, right? Because I do that to, quote unquote, treat myself and then end up feeling worse about myself, yes. right? So it's a vicious, vicious cycle.
1: Absolutely. I'm curious, how does being um, an ordained minister and sort of inform your life view? Because not only are you a clinical psychologist, but this is an interesting piece that most clinical psychologists don't have.
0: Right. Absolutely. Uh, I love it uh, for for several reasons, but one is it gives me the vocabulary and the knowledge to have the communication across areas. Mm. So a lot of times mental health professionals, as opposed to not even speaking well of faith, often it's not even on the table. So what happens, so there's research that shows that on average, mental health professionals endorse lower spirituality and religiosity than the general public. Mm. So then if you have people largely not of faith creating healing interventions for people for whom spirituality is central. Yes. Right. They're going to miss something because it's not even in the conversation. Yeah. And so then I say to my students, you could be working with someone for months and you don't actually know that person. Right. Because their spirituality is their center. Yeah.
1: That's so, what that's the faith is what keeps right. them going. Yeah,
0: yes, yes. Yes. And so and then on the flip side, you know, in some spiritual spaces, there can be a real dismissal of mental health. Right. So, again, that idea of like if you're spiritual enough or detached enough or meditate enough, then you shouldn't have anger or you shouldn't have despair or you like. And it's like, you know, trying to create these robots that like if I'm like Zen, right, then nothing faces <laughs> me. Right. So let's have right. our space for our humanity and that that's healthy. Right. Yes. Um. So it allows me to, to uh, enter those spaces. I would say with a level, with a high level of respect, because sometimes either like faith communities can speak in ways that are like disrespectful of mental health and mental health professionals can speak in ways that are disrespectful of faith. So, uh, and most people hold both, right? I want emotional wholeness and I'm a spiritual being. And so, yes, you shouldn't have to leave either of those out in order to do your healing work.
1: Yes. So beautiful. Um, you talk about spiritual understandings and practices. There's a you know big mm-hmm. section in the book about that. Um, how do we, like, what are some of the most impactful practices that we can start awakening to and incorporating in our lives just from your yes. own experience? Because there's so mm-hmm. many, right, to tap right. into, but what, what do you yeah. find is the most impactful? For me, what's uh, most
0: important one is you're having a spiritual practice at the beginning of your day. Mm before you get into like ripping and running or jumping out of bed to start doing for other people or jumping on the phone is like taking uh, those moments at the start of your day to center in and what your particular ritual or practice will look like may vary by person. So for some people, uh, prayer at the beginning of the day or meditation, Uh, for some people listening to music that is either going to soothe you or uh, 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 animate you or focus you. um, For some people, movement. So starting the day with some dancing or some stretching to get into your body. Um, And uh, also for me, I love like reading sacred texts. So whether for people that will be scripture, whether that will be poetry, you know, what are the things that feed you so that then when I show up to the world, I'm not easily moved. And Mm -hmm. I also don't show up to work thirsty, wow. right? When I haven't fed myself, mm. then I'm really like looking for this validation and approval. But when I'm already centered, you know, it's nice if people appreciate what I'm doing, but even if they don't, like I'm already grounded, I'm already clear. Mm. I'm not, and I say, especially if you're in a service work or if you're a parent You know, it may not be like a million thank yous. right? And so you can't emotionally like need that from from that particular uh, work. Right. Or your parenting relationship. So you want to get feed yourself in the morning so that you can show up already at home.
1: Mm, So beautiful. And so that's mind, body, spirit, though. So you, you were talking about the soul feeding, right? And so the idea of thirsty, but you also do talk about taking care of your, your physical body too, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's another part of
0: self-neglect. So I can emotionally neglect myself with no boundaries or not following, paying attention to what I feel, but physical self-neglect is another important one. If we're, and that's from the reparenting uh, chapter of, you know, if I'm living out of vending machines or fast food and needing to, you know, I started this piece of like, before I eat something, be able to say, I'm eating this because I love myself, right? Uh, (laughs) It will make you think again because we have to shift our script. We often call the unhealthiest things treats, right? So if my idea of a treat is the thing that's shortening my life, Is that
1: really a treat, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I'm wondering, there's so, uh, we're coming close to the end and I could ask you so many different things, but I'm just curious. I'm just going to take a moment just because I just, there's like so many pieces. I actually, you talked about poetry and and I'm just wondering like what role does writing or like... Mm -hmm tuning in, do you journal with God? Do you, do you get, like, how do you, what's your relationship? How do you get tuned into, you know, cause maybe you're like, I know there's more, but God, I don't know what it is. Show me like, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? What's your process?
0: Yes. So I will say writing is definitely a clarifying space for me and a releasing space. Um, So not only to get new insight, but to also, express what I'm carrying, mm. right? So a lot of us are holding in things and uh, the expressive arts are a beautiful way to express, to release, to convey. Yeah. And so, um, yes, yeah, spending time and whether you like to do creative writing like poetry or short stories um, or whether it's journaling or some people write out their prayers. Mm. And I know some people will then write the prayer and the response to the prayer. Um, And so uh, it is a great way of homecoming because it's you and the paper uh, separate from everybody else's opinions.
1: Yes. It gives you space to actually hear your own voice. Right. Why yeah. is it so it's beautiful on your podcast that you read other people's poetry? How did that come about? I thought that was really yeah. beautiful. And wow, some of that poetry is just beyond. Amazing. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah. You could publish a book just on. Yeah, like, on a- the submitted poems. yeah,
0: it's yeah. true. Yes. I love it, especially because... I, my podcast is not interview style, yes. so it's a way of bringing in other voices, yeah, and um and also helping people to document their their process. So it kind of uh, evolved naturally because mm. I think it was probably the second episode, maybe the homework assignment was for people to write vows to themselves. Okay, that we often focus on wedding vows and what I'm going to vow to other people, and to like uh, take pause from that. And say, what do you vow to yourself? Right? Will you be with yourself in sickness and in health? Mm-hmm. Will you love yourself for richer or for poor? Right? And so we start to ask these questions. So I said on the on when I gave that homework, if you want to share your vows, send them in. And then some people's vows were poems. Wow. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> and so then I said, Well, And so I started saying, if you have vows and or poetry that you would like me to share, send it in. And,
1: and you know, as you heard,
0: it's so rich.
1: Yeah. I I find that I write poetry when I'm sad, like it's a way Mm -hmm. of healing or processing or even the song, you know, one of them is funny. It's called Free to Be Me. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I love it. I wrote it 10 years ago, but it Ah. tells you it's sort of, uh, yeah. Um, you've been so generous. I'm going to leave this to you, but anything you want to leave the women with today, you know, it could be something from your book, from your heart. I'll just turn that over to ask you what you feel like sharing. Absolutely. I will uh, read to you all
0: a part of the closing blessing, uh, last page of um, Homecoming. And so it is my hope and desire for each of us to make it home and even when we get derailed or distracted to know that's not final that you Mm -hmm. can come back to yourself okay and so may you forgive accept and love yourself fully and courageously may you recognize and remember yourself no matter what is happening around you may you give yourself permission to always come home and find the welcome mat in place. May you connect with kindred spirits for mutual care along the way. May the sacredness of your being always take priority over the busyness of your doing. May you know deep down in your bones that you are lovable and worthy of respect. May your soul perpetually tell your heart, mind, body and spirit. Welcome home. Mm. Let it be so. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Beautiful.
1: Mm. Everyone needs to get your sunshine into their hearts. So where, where do they find you? What's your favorite place for people to connect with you and they can get your book and Yes, they can, they can earmark it and underline it in a million places. Like oh, I good! Did. Please
0: do. I love yeah. that.
1: Yes. Uh, so my home, my website is Dr.
0: drthema. dot com, and from there you can see uh, links to get the book. and It's at all major bookstores and also indie bound for those who want to support independent bookstores. Uh, I'm in social media, Instagram and Twitter primarily. Just. Uh, started TikTok last month. And I so did. there are some videos there that actually include excerpts from the podcast, but with visual imagery. Oh, so I've I'm connected with two beautiful sisters who have been turning the words into visuals. Wow. So I'm excited about that.
1: Wow. Well, I will link everything over at thegoodlifecoach.com in the show notes so people can find it or head directly over to Dr. Tima dot com's website and um, pick up a copy of homecoming. You will be so glad that you did. And um, so much gratitude for your beautiful heart and the work you're doing in the world. Uh, Just immense gratitude and really such an honor to be sitting with you today. So thank you for coming Mm -hmm. on. Thank you. I love the conversation and many
0: blessings to you and all of your initiatives and your music.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I don't do anything with it. It's for me. I don't know what to do with it. We can leave that to a higher power, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you, to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into,